everyone. Welcome to the Snowball Wealth Podcast, where we talk about how to get out of debt and start building wealth. In this special episode, we have one of our community members, Rosie, sharing her wealth building journey from managing debt and changing habits to now strategizing on what's next with our money coach, Anna. Sure. So before we actually get started, I just wanted to make everybody aware, although I am a certified financial planner, today's session is designed to be educational in nature and not intended to be considered any advice. Um, And so we just have to give that disclaimer before we get started. Yeah. And to get started, um, Rosie would love for you to share a little bit about your story and a little bit about yourself for the people listening. Hello, my name is Rosie. Um, My financial journey has been an interesting one. Um, From the time that I was 18, I was really just in and out of debt. Like it was great because I'd get out of it, but then I'd get right back in because I didn't set myself up for success. So in 2020, I found the Snowball community and it has been a complete mind shift um, when it comes to debt and really just talking about financials in general. So to get started there, um, I guess like the first question would be, where are you right now in your debt journey? Like, where did you start and where are you? So in 2020, July 2020, where the world was ending, (laughs) um, I was super, super scared. That wonderful year. I was really scared because I did not have an emergency fund. But you know what? I did have a lot of debt. So it was um, one of those things where if I happened to lose my job, I would be uh, in very unfortunate circumstances. So when I um, met the Snowball Wall community, I'm like, okay, emergency fund. Let's start one of those. Let's, you know, figure out what our goal is. And that was my first focus and figuring out what my net worth was, because if you know how much you owe and how much you have then it makes it easier to figure out where you need to be this was the same time that i found out about fire and like i didn't have to wait until 65 to retire to have non-existent social (laughs) absolutely so it was one of those things where i'm like okay get your life together let's do this emergency fund let's figure out how (laughs) we get to fire and by the end of that year, I was at positive net worth. Well, I was at zero net worth, which positive. Yay. I started at negative 10,000. Right. So definitely progress. Okay. And my oh, emergency. My, that emer- is. Yeah, you know, my emergency account was <laughs> set and it was just like, okay, next step, debt. So 2021, I've been tackling my debt. I started with 19,000 in credit card debt, not counting my student loan debt, which is still at $30,000. But by January of 2022, I will be credit card debt free and all of that money will be going towards student loans because Papa Biden is not coming through. Great. (laughs) let's hope that he does at least on some level um 
But okay, so that's great. So you started off kind of the first step, it sounds like, is a step that I normally recommend to most clients, which is get a hold of where you are. Because so often, I think when we ever, whenever we start a money journey, paying off debt or building wealth, we don't even know the starting point, like where we are and where we, so when you don't know that, you don't know where to go. So my next question for you would be, what did you find the most challenging about that? When you realized where you were and you ha- were faced with the prospect of where you were going, what 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 challenges did you face? It felt like a really big mountain it to climb. It felt like a really big mountain to climb. Mm. Yeah, it was one of those things where I was just like, oh, a million dollars and that's how I get to retire and I'm at negative 10,000 I'm never gonna make right and it was just and that's that's I think go ahead oh it was just giving myself little goals and just like itty bitty things that we can Mm -hmm. do Sure. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges is, especially in the traditional financial planning area, when we talk about retirement, it's always pretty standard. It's, you know, work really hard, save as much as you can, and then retire at 65, 70 even. And there's not a lot of education around any other strategies. Um, So one of the biggest strategies that I normally tell people, especially when they're looking to retire, and you mentioned FIRE, which some people might not know what that is, but it's financial independence, retire early. And so whenever people are looking to retire early, one of the major steps of that outside of saving and lowering your expenses is to pay off your debt. Um, Because essentially when it comes to debt, it's money that you, you're more than likely going to have to pay back and it weighs on your budget. So now that you're on that journey, you're what, one month away from being debt, credit card debt free. (laughs) (laughs) What do you feel like that's going to look like? What are you most looking forward to in being debt free? I am, wow, I hadn't even thought about that. Okay. (laughs) What am I looking for? <laughs> I'm looking forward to not having it's like that, right? Yeah. Like not having that kind of like stress or like pressure on my chest that there's this money that I borrowed in a way and that I've just been paying back for so long. It's like not having that stress and focusing on my student loans and being able to put extra money on top of the minimum payment so that I can finish in 18 months is the goal. Otherwise, it'd be taking me four years to finish paying off my student loans. And I'm, I'm mm. over it. I'm tired. I'm in my 30s now. And this isn't life. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And one of the reasons why I asked that question of how does that fit? What do you expect when you become debt free is because when we think about where we're starting, a lot of times we're pretty accustomed to where we've been. And that change in terms of what it feels like to be debt free can kind of overwhelm you when you actually get there. What I've heard from so many clients is that once they reach it, it's almost anticlimactic because it's like, okay, here I am, now what? And so I think for this coaching session, it would be interesting to help you perhaps even develop a strategy for what are you going to do in terms of next steps? So now I I kind of throw it to you and I know it's just out of the blue, but what are your goals? If you thought to yourself, it doesn't even have to be purely financial, but if you designed the life that you want, 
What does that look like for you? So in a not COVID world, I just want to travel. Like I, let's let's say I don't have a nine to five (laughs) anymore. And I, even with a nine to five, like I want to go on like a quarterly vacation and just go, go to Europe. I've never been to Europe. I've literally been to the Caribbean. Mm -hmm. That's as far as we've gone. So like a trip to Australia, a trip to Paris and go to Versailles, like that's the kind of stuff I want to do. Mm. And I, I honestly just realized that I've never let myself imagine or like felt like I could do it because I, I, I can't afford it. But if in order to afford it right now, I'd have to get into more debt and we don't want to do that. Like that's, mm. this is the right. Cycle. So you want to be proactive at this point. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's. So for our listeners, I think that that's, I was just going to say that for our listeners, I think that that's very beneficial uh, because I think oftentimes when we start the journey, even to fire, one of the things that I've heard from a lot of people in the fire community is once you retire early, now what? You have this money that you're not accustomed to. Now what do you do? And I think that it's important in order to actually be able to uh, live those goals is to plan ahead for that, but then to also one of the ways to do that, I think, is to go back. So asking yourself, why did you end up in debt in the first place? And then strategizing a plan going forward to avoid doing it again. Gotcha. Yeah, I feel like so some of the things that got me if into you, debt was travel. What was that? One of the Some of the things that got me into debt was the whole travel thing, because I'd just be like, my credit card can afford it. Let's go. <laughs> no that makes perfect sense that makes perfect sense i think for um and tanya i think you can attest to this but most people in the community when we ask you know what are you going into debt for it's normally food and just eating out um and so when we think about credit cards because they are so convenient and you just swipe it it's so tempting and so easy to do so If we look at kind of one of the strategies to prevent that, to stop yourself from going back into debt, one of them would be to look at what might tempt you to do so. So you mentioned travel. Was there anything else that placed you into debt? Um, it was, it was more of like an emotional thing. Like I feel sad. I'm going to buy myself things and things didn't help. So then I bought more things. Yeah. And it was just like an ongoing, yeah. I'm going to buy myself clothes because I feel sad. <laughs> so yeah. we're dealing and with I that. And I think that's so common. Now. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I think, Anna, you mentioned this in one of your workshops too, how, um, you know, sometimes when we overspend, it's because we are lacking something. I, I, go ahead. And I, I think in your own words, you... Um, you say it in a, in a great way. Yeah. So one of the things that I always say is when we, sp- we tend to spend more when we feel less, but also what I've done in, in coaching sessions as well is to actually go back through those credit card statements and look at what you bought and then asking yourself the why. And it sounds like you're pretty honest with yourself about why it happened. But for a lot of people, what they don't realize is how much money we spend placating ourselves whenever there's something that we're not okay about. 
So if we're overworked and stressed, we can easily justify spending absorbent amount of money on eating out, which most of the time is not good on your wallet or your your health. <laughs> um, and then, you know, like you said, the retail therapy, I mean, we even have a term for it, retail therapy, we go out and we spend that money. So now that you know that you have that, that that's a, that's something that could potentially happen. What is your plan going forward to not ever fall back into those habits? I actually thought of one more thing. So Okay. Last time so I'm I'm moving in April because I need to move. I just need a change of scenery and I okay. just, I don't want to live here anymore. So my first thought is like, okay, you move, what if we can find a cheaper rent so that we can save more money and oh, do this nice. debt payoff thing a little faster? Like what if we yeah. do that? So looking, 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 looking at apartments and I'm like, eh, I'm really bougie and these apartments are just not doing it for me. <laughs> <laughs> so then I look at more. Expensive. Safety should always be top priority though. <laughs> I want a balcony and a pool. So <laughs> there's safety yeah. and then there's just <laughs> me. <laughs> so Luxury. Yeah. <laughs> I spend a lot of time at home and I like being comfortable and I like being happy with my space and I need to bring my Peloton with me. So there are things to consider here. Um, so then I started looking at more expensive apartments. Like how far can we go? How far can we go until we can't afford it anymore? And I'm like, mm. it feels like we are going to overspend money and then we will have to make mm. more money mm. to catch up to the decision that we are making right now. Or you can find cheaper rent and get out of there in two mm -hmm. years once right. your debt is paid off. So let's go. With That's that. such an interesting point. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like you're catching yourself as like almost like preventing yourself from falling into these older habits. Yes. And I actually want to kind of go back to the fact that you paid off so much debt this year and that you have made so much progress. And I want to dig in a little bit more to that, Rosie, because <laughs> I, you, you know, you said it and it's, it is a huge accomplishment. Like, I think that sometimes, you know, it takes people decades or, you know, a lifetime sometimes to break the cycle. Um, can you tell us a little bit more on like, when was the aha moment of like switching over to like being determined, you know, to to pay it off. Cause I think that's what I find is like a common theme when, when someone makes that shift, it's like, they have this moment and they're just like, you know what? I, this isn't me anymore. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, make a big change. Right. So like, do you remember that moment at all, Rosie? And can you talk yeah. us about that a little bit? So after I did my net worth, uh, I'm an Excel girl. So there's a, there are spreadsheets, there are tabs, there are things. <laughs> it's a thing. And I love it. But once I looked at how much debt I had, what my payments were, and I don't do minimum payments, like I pick extra, but I was still in debt because I would also spend money. So yeah, mm. anywho. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was undigging the hole, but then digging the hole again. So I was basically just playing with dirt. Um, mm. So there was, I, I was setting it up and I'm like, okay, this is how much money I have. And right now, I can't remember what it was at that point in time. So right now I have like 60,000 in assets. But 
have 30,000 in debt. So it's like, sis, if you stop having this much debt, you will have this much net worth. And that was the fact, like the factor for me where I was just like, so we eliminate the debt, our net worth goes up and we can retire early. (laughs) So that was, that was the point for me where I was like, okay, how are we going to do this? What credit card are we paying off first? Like, where are we getting this money from? And I became laser focused on getting this done, Mm. which Mm. is great. That's my thing. I become so focused and I'm so good at it. And then it's like, okay, I'm done. Back to digging myself into this hole. (laughs) 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 Um, Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever, (laughs) did you ever avoid your finances? I, that's the one thing, like, I've always been really good. So I guess half and half. So I've always been really good at like paying stuff off on time and just like knowing where my bills are and how all of that's looking. But I never looked at it full picture. That part I was avoiding. Mm. I was avoiding looking at looking at it full picture because I didn't look at it full picture. I didn't want to know where it was. Like, I didn't want to know that I was in debt. I knew that. So I didn't want to know how far in the hole I was. I keep using this whole analogy. Sorry. I... <laughs> no, I think it's helpful. And I think you have to unmute. I must have accidentally muted myself. Sorry. But yeah, I think that's actually fairly common. Um, commonplace that people avoid looking at their finances, especially when you know that you are in debt. Um, So you're certainly not alone there. But looking at it, and once you actually start to target it, did you, will you say that you, it made you feel better? Like, would you say, would you even use the term that you were able to build momentum? Yeah. Once I paid off the, I had four credit cards. The first one I paid off was the one with the highest, like highest interest, highest balance, highest like Mm. monthly payment. Once I paid that off, like I took a deep breath and I was like, okay, this, this is the feeling that I wanted to, (laughs) I want to continue feeling. So we're just going to take that payment and put it Mm. somewhere else and (laughs) keep going. I'm doing the avalanche. Yeah. Avalanche. Yeah. Approach. And just having that first one paid off, that made a world of a difference to my psyche. I love that. And I could feel it. Yeah. That, you know, it was like a weight that was lifted and you're like, okay, I can do this. I love that. Um, And so shifting gears now to the future, like what, I know that you started talking a little bit about wanting to travel, but also want to use this time, you know, to you know, so that you can chat with Anna about like, what are the best strategies as you start thinking about investing, maybe like tax advantage investing or anything like that, that you'd want to, you know, chat with Anna about while, while we're here. Yes. So I started (laughs) a side hustle in June. I am a YouTube content creator now in my spare time. Awesome. Um, I had a hundred... 100,000 views today. I finally, I hit that milestone. Congratulations. Wow. I know. It's, 
And it's only been, it hasn't been six months yet. I hit six months next week and it's out of this world. I can't believe it. So I know I'm going to make money. I'm going to make so much more money. So my thing is, how do I avoid lifestyle creep? And how do I, how do I like think outside the box? How do I let myself dream and have bigger goals? Mm. So I'm scared of having the bigger goals and then going too mm-hmm. fast where I'm like, swipe, swipe. And I, I don't, I don't want to do that. Like, that's what I don't want to do. Sure. Sure. So I think with both of those, what, what it all really boils down to is mindset and making sure. So I'll answer them kind of separately. So in terms of lifestyle creep, which is very common, one of the ways to avoid that is to actually plan for those emotions that come along. Because if you wait until you're in the moment where you have this big sum of extra cash or you you make it and you get a windfall, if you wait until that actually happens, the problem is at that point, you're going to somewhat be reactionary in the sense that it's already here. And now you um, need to decide what happens when you're probably in an emotional state, which is probably excitement, which is nothing wrong with that. But if you actually put a plan in place, it's kind of twofold. One is that you are putting a plan in place to know what to do with that additional money when it comes in, but it's also believing that it's coming, right? So if you already have that plan in place, it's not a, it's not a, oh my gosh, I can't believe this happened. It's absolutely this happened. I planned for it. I made it happen. And here's where it's supposed to go. And so that's why in the beginning, I asked that question of what does it look like for you when you get debt free? Because you're going to be a new person. And I think that that's what a lot of people don't consider is your, your life, your lifestyle will change and your life will change. So what does it feel like to not have to go to a nine to five? What does it feel like to be a YouTube sensation? That's something that you likely haven't experienced before. So it's almost impossible to completely plan for it, but to start visioning what that looks like, how you want it to look, and then how you allocate your money to match those goals. I'm just going to be quiet for a minute. Does that make sense? Yes. I am going to make an Excel tab and I am going to put my goals in. (laughs) I support it. (laughs) That's what my, that's what my brain is calculating. I'm like, I'm going to put an Excel tab and I'm going to do different goals and I'm going to have like different places that I want to go. How much would that be? So that's going to be my goal of how much money I'm going to put in each of those accounts. And then we're going to figure out, okay, which milestone is going to pay for which thing. Mm-hmm. That's, that's where And so at. what was the other question? Um, oh. I know the first one was lifestyle creep. Yeah. How do I let myself dream? Like, how do I, without being scared? I, I know, I know. <laughs> how do I just like. We could be here for hours <laughs> if we talked about this. Now, Tanya, I think you could probably actually, yeah, I think you could probably relate to this as well, Mm -hmm. Tanya, because in this, um, I've actually seen this a lot in some of my recent coaching sessions where we talk about a scarcity mindset versus a growth mindset. And 
uh, no, Tanya, with you, you having that entrepreneurial spirit, you know, there is that growth mindset there where there's this idea of abundance. This can happen. There's enough for me and I'm uh, I'm able. Whereas with the scarcity mindset, we often think in a very linear fashion where we think that we're supposed to just hit these goals one by one. And if we don't hit one of them, then everything is over with. But in reality, it goes a little, some, you know, it's, it's a little more discombobulated. So I guess to kind of help with that, my question to you, and this may sound completely unrelated, but what is your first memory of money? Um, I feel like uh, I remember I this just came like right when you asked. I remember my dad was a cab driver. <laughs> so he would come home with like back in the day there was no Uber, so he'd just come home with wads of cash. So I would help mm. him find it. And I knew that oh. our rent was a certain <laughs> amount. So I knew that like two days of his work was like a month worth of rent or like something like that. And I, and like, it was, I feel like I had that scarcity mindset or like that mindset of we're just passing by because it was like, okay, you get one toy, you get, you only get new clothes right before um, school starts. You get one pair of sneakers and <laughs> there was a point in time where my brother and I were the same shoe size. So it's like, we have three pairs of sneakers now. Yeah, you share. <laughs> yeah. So it was definitely like we had enough, but that's it. Like there was no, no more. There was like no real savings. It was like, we're going to do this month by month, day by day and hope for the best kind of thing. That's so powerful in terms of that that story because I you know obviously didn't know that but talking about the scarcity and the growth mindset that's exactly where it comes from and I've noticed that a lot especially with women particularly women of color it's like there's this idea that there's not enough and and I think when you ask the question of how do I allow myself to dream big and not have that fear? It's kind of going back to where you started and looking at it as the adult Rosie and saying like, look at where I've come, look at what I've done. This isn't my story anymore. There is more than enough and I can create it. And I think that that's really the tough part about it because I've seen it time and time again. It's, those old narratives, they don't go away unless you actually target them and confront them. Whew, and yeah, I know I for just that. my, oh, go ahead, Tanya. <laughs> no, I'm just going to say, I really felt that. I think that, um, you know, what, Rosie, when you were sharing a bit about your family, sister, it kind of reminded me of, you know, my family background where, and I think it's pretty common in immigrant backgrounds where, um, you know, our parents, their relationship with money was like all around survival. So it was very much a survival mindset. And then they try, you know, and that's how they still talk about, you know, money. I remember when I first uh, got an offer to work in finance in New York, I was so excited. And <laughs> I knew I couldn't actually tell my parents because they would be afraid that like I was moving to New York I was, you know, um, you know, embarking on this new journey. And sometimes 
I think it's important to break away from those narratives. And that's the first time for me when I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm scared. And like (laughs) a city I've never been to before, lived in before, but I'm going to do it. I'm just going to move. And, um, and yeah, and I think that a lot of what you said around, you know, reconstructing these narratives, because, you know, our parents were focused on survival, but I see like, you know, children of immigrants, they're more focused on like self-actualization and like, how do we, become the best version of ourselves? How do we kind of break barriers that existed for us before? And I think that that could be one way that you could start to think about this is like, you know, you're breaking these generational curses and you're setting a new path, Mm. not just for you, but for future generations and setting an example for people around you. Yeah. And something else- I love it. Something else I just thought about in that same like realm of thought is that a lot of times we are our parents' retirement plans and there's just so (laughs) much pressure. (laughs) Like not only do I have to save for my retirement, I got to take care of you. Like, man, (laughs) there's a lot. So that's, I'm going to add that to the things that I need to put in my goals. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's also exciting. You know, you can, I try to reframe it as more of an opportunity to be able to take care of them because they made so many sacrifices. <laughs> and like, yeah, yeah. If I yeah. have the opportunity to take care of my parents, like I would love that. So I think it's, it, it's also an exciting goal too, to be able to, yeah, to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. Give them a good life. Um, <laughs> And, and, but, and, and I think you can also use it as, as a motivating factor. It's just this kind of making sure that you have your own mask on first, mm-hmm. making sure that you yourself are financially stable, because what I, what I think will help you is to think about all the things you can do when this isn't even a concern. Mm-hmm. Like when you get to that point of financial independence, where it's, it, it's not, it it doesn't bother you to think about supporting someone else or what you may be able to do. Like there's a certain level of financial independence that can be reached. And that comes with that growth mindset of, you know what, this can be done. Yeah. And I kind of want to go back to, to potentially these moments where, and I think this is really common, actually it happens a lot to just in career paths. Um, where you get really close to a goal and then sometimes you'll self-sabotage. So I want to hear like maybe some advice, Anna, of like what has worked for your clients and maybe Rosie, if you've experienced that at all. Sure. I could, I could go. Um, I definitely think it happens. Um, I think the term we normally use is imposter syndrome, maybe where we are doing very well, we're excelling, and yet we kind of don't feel like we belong or for whatever reason, it's, it's not actualizing itself. And so we sabotage in ways that sometimes we don't even think about. And I think the really first step of that is to enlist the help of a coach or a community where people can actually help you identify things that you might not be seeing for yourself. Um, I know that I can speak for a client that I'm working with now where 
She is a small business owner with an opportunity to really grow right now. And she won't take the opportunity. And when I asked why, she said, because if this doesn't work out, I don't have anyone else to fall back on. And I think that's a common feeling for us when we don't have wealthy parents or family members is if this fails, everything falls. But we have to realize that that's a scarcity mindset, that that is, you know, us, us really operating out of fear. And so what helped her was I let her know that the person that you fall back on is you. And understanding <laughs> that we've worked very hard to get to where we are, we have everything that we need. Mm. And I know it's hard because we live in a society where oftentimes we're not valued or told how amazing we really are. But especially if you're a business owner and you're out here and you're doing what needs to be done, you have you to fall back on. I love that. I love that. Like you are enough. You are everything that you need. Those are good affirmations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Rosie, did you ever feel that way? Or uh, can you share a little bit about that if you're comfortable? You are enough is definitely one of the affirmations on my vision board. I will be working on my vision board this weekend. So this is perfect timing. Um, But right before I signed up for Snowball Premium, shameless plug, um, I (laughs) I was feeling that way. Like I was so close to paying off my credit cards and I was self sabotaging. Um, I was self-sabotaging by ordering out like nobody's business and I was planning on spending more money um, on vacations. I was away for Thanksgiving and on Christmas presents. Like I was just like, I'm almost done paying it off. What's a couple more hundred dollars on it? Like that kind of mindset. And then I talked to Tanya and she was like, no, that's not what we're going to do here. (laughs) So I, I think I said I, it a little nicer than that, but yes. yeah. But what, it's not I, gonna heard, happen. I, what I needed to hear was no. <laughs> so yeah, Tanya, I mean it is, um, yeah. yeah. Tanya knocked me down on the ordering out thing. She was just like, what if you don't order out? Like, what if we just buy food that's easy to make? And I was just like, well, that's a great point. Why don't I do that? So I, the last time that I ordered was like November 1st or something like that. And then I did not order more food in November. And it was definitely- That is huge. Yeah. I mean, as someone who was ordering three, four times a week, sometimes on the weekend, I'd order every single meal because I didn't feel like going into the kitchen. Like that was a really big move. And a lot of it came like anytime I felt like I wanted to order food, I would like reflect, okay, why do we want to do this? Or I think, Mm. do you want to order food or do you want to pay off your credit cards in January? Choice is yours. Good point. Yeah. And (laughs) having Tanya on speed dial text, I, there was one time I told her I was reflecting (laughs) and I'm like, okay, so I was, I wanted to order food and I asked myself why. And myself said, because I don't want to run out of the grocery food that I have sitting in my fridge. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's how I was thinking. Wow. Yeah. 
So I was having a scarcity mindset about the food that's already sitting in my fridge. So I was going to order food. So I wouldn't eat that food because that made wow. sense at some point in my life. And yeah. now it's just like, that's so <laughs> interesting. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because that's so interesting because that would never cross. I have the opposite anxiety where I get anxious if I don't eat all the food in my fridge. Because <laughs> I'm like, it's going to go that's bad. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> don't waste food. Yeah, no, that's like a, yeah. Yeah, yeah so that's now, so interesting. Yeah. yeah so now when I go grocery shopping, I buy things that go well together so that I can make complete meals. Mm. And it's not like an episode of Chopped every time I'm trying to cook things. So that's definitely helped. And even just having Tanya's guidance around gift giving for Christmas. And I think I missed um, mm-hmm. the the Zoom call and she's like, okay, what's a habit that you want to change this month? And I'm like, girl, I've made this budget and I don't want to spend this much money on people. And I've come to a realization that I want to give them a lot of money because I want to show them that I love them a lot. <laughs> and like just being mm-hmm. able to say that out loud to someone else and them not tell me I'm crazy and Tanya said well why don't you just get them something like crafty I'm like okay I don't cook so that's not a thing um and we landed on, <laughs> on calendars and I gave people who are really special to me calendars of pictures of us like my best friend lives in San Francisco clearly have not seen her in a long time and the last time we were together we did the disney princess half marathon in disney oh so we were like two big kids we did all the parks it was amazing so we had like so many pictures of that and last time i went to visit her and i'm like okay that's 12 months worth of pictures so i put it together and doing that made me feel so much better than if i would have sent her a more expensive gift of something that I'm just ordering online that I'm not really like, yes, I'm putting thought into it, but it's not the same kind of love as me making something for her. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And it's awesome that you could have, you know, saved a lot of money to just creating something that's thoughtful. At the end of the day, your friends don't care. I mean, you're, I would imagine, you know, your close friends shouldn't, you know, care too much about the price tag and that shouldn't, you know, so I think that, um, yeah, what she told me and I almost cried. So I, I was kind of feeling anxious. So I'm like, okay, just so you know, this year's gift is not sparkly, but it's from the heart. And she said, you could have just sent me a hug. And I was like, girl. You're gonna make me. Oh, yeah, that's like what friends are, right? Like, I would never expect a friend to give me like something super expensive. Yeah, Um, right, right. So it's just like you never know. Yeah, yeah. Um, Well, I know we're wrapping up. Just to you know, wanted to kind of give you all a chance to leave any final thoughts as we sign off, you know, um, are there any other pieces of advice or takeaways that you wanted to share with, with anyone listening that maybe, you know, part of, you know, maybe having debt and just starting their debt-free journey, like any parting advice, um, that you have for them? Either one of you can go first. I'll I'll go first then, I guess. Like, I guess like my parting, my parting piece would just be, hey, um, start where you are. Start by figuring out where you are. Make a plan to get to where you want to be. 
and then account for hiccups in the road because understanding that if you as you if you listen to this podcast and you know that if your mindset isn't there then it's very hard to get to that end that change that end goal so get started is the first step but also prepare for life's inevitable hiccups Adding on to what Tanya said, it is about mindset. Don't feel bad if you make a mistake. Don't feel bad if, like, something bad happens or, like, if you spend money and you really didn't mean it. I feel like if you just reflect and understand, like, okay, I did that because I was sad and wanted chocolate. Like, okay, well, perhaps you should just keep chocolate around the house so that you're not ordering Dunkin' Donuts at 8 o'clock in the morning. So it's like those kinds of things where if you can just understand what happened, reflect on it, know that it's okay. It's not a perfect journey. No one's journey is perfect. And just be kinder, which is something I'm learning. Just be kinder to yourself and know that if you keep pushing on, you will get to the goal because it's there for you. Love it. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you both so much for joining us. And um, Rosie, I'll make sure to ask you uh, for the YouTube link so we can link it to the podcast episode. And um, I'll also link to where you can sign up for Snowball Premium and schedule a session with Anna. Um, well, thank you both so much and happy holidays. Thank Thanks. You. Same to you. Happy holidays.